0: And we're back on the Bigfoot Pro Wrestling Podcast with Podcast Guy. wow well, thanks for having me, man. Be talking to some of the fans up in the, the Pacific Northwest. Your Demi got him yeah. Pretty good, darling. Pretty
1: good. Yo! We're the Boros Twins. They know we like over to the horror show. Freaking me out, man. <laughs> Freaking me out, Joe! We are leaving the station! L-Train, take us out! Hey, yo, this is the Bigfoot Pro Wrestling Podcast, episode number 166. This is the L-Train, and uh, chilling here. In my house smells like chili. <laughs> I'm waiting to eat on some of that. Uh, been kind of a weird day for myself, and uh, she is with us here. The one, the only, Mrs. Clams. How are you, baby?
2: I'm doing very well. How are you doing? I'm doing...
1: Just okay. We'll get into that in a minute. It's nice. You know, we took last week off of the podcast. We did a couple with our big comeback, you know, with 5CC and then Chase James took Mm -hmm. a week off this week. Another good one here. We'll get to it in a minute. The one and only Jackson Stone. But uh, Mrs. Clams, I got to ask you a little something. Sure. You did this project you were working on recently. You've been working on a lot of projects with your <laughs> with your your books. I always got something going. All that you're up on Amazon, <laughs> all in the bookstores, yeah, you know, all yeah, that yeah, kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah. We're not. I'm not getting crazy here, <laughs> but there is something that you wrote recently. Along with some friends, mm-hmm. you guys got together. You put it out. And uh we just got a box of them by the yes, way. Yes, we did. That are going to all the owners of these stories mm-hmm. here. Uh would you would you would you would Would you like to explain what I am getting at?
2: Yeah. Well, I don't usually put my stuff over on the podcast cuz this isn't what it's about, but I will share this. If you can take your memories back to the beginning of 2020 before there were murder hornets and COVID and all the other crap that's been going on. Murder hornets. <laughs> One of the first things that hit, I think it was in January, was the giant bushfires that were happening in Australia um, that devastated, um, you know, about 3 billion animals. Um, so, me, along with 11 other authors, thought, hey, wouldn't it be nice if we could chip in and do our part to help these animals and uh, put out a anthology of stories and donate all the money to a rescue organization called WIRES. And so that's what we did. And the book is called Creating Cinderella. And all the stories are a variation on Cinderella. And mine actually relates to wrestling. So for folks that are interested in supporting the charity again all the proceeds are going to wires it's a charity in australia um and if you want to check out how in the world a story about pro wrestling and cinderella goes together um i've got one in the book uh but there's lots of other really cool stories they're all a little bit different totally not what you would expect Got some uh, Cinderella from the male perspective, Cinderella from the stepmother perspective, all kinds of cool stuff. So, if you yourself are not interested in it, but you know somebody who is, um, that would be really awesome. If you don't mind going to Amazon and looking up "Create Cinderella," you can, or "Creating Cinderella," Cinderella, you can get it as a paperback or you can get it as an ebook. Either one, and the dough will go to help the animals in Australia. So thank you for letting me plug the book and uh, let folks know about this charity. I'm not sure I would ever do another one again. (laughs) It was a huge project, (laughs) but um, I'm glad it's done now, and we're all really proud of it, and we think it turned out uh, pretty awesome. And what's the
1: name of that book one more time?
2: Creating Cinderella.
1: And just to ask about, because you're, you know, my wife and (laughs) co-host. About your story once. It's yeah. a wrestling story it is. revolving around
2: yes. Cinderella. A wrestler called Pumpkin, and uh, she is uh, definitely a mid-carder, and she wants to be have top billing, but she never gets her chance. She's kind of kept under the thumb of the wrestling promoter, and she finds her way to the ball of pain that is being held for this wrestling promotion. And she's going to have her time in the spotlight with Prince Panic. So it's actually, there's some really, I have to say, I had to give myself a pat on the back. Um, some of the wrestlers' names are uh, pretty funny. There's a, a ripoff of um, some of the characters from WWE from back in the day and uh, a new take on their names. And so no copyright infringement. Promise it's all genuine new stuff, um, but anyway, it's it's pretty fun. So I hope so you check, check it, out. it out.
1: And we get once again these books: ebook, ebook, or paperback, or a paperback. Yep, over at
2: Amazon. So just put in "Creating Cinderella" on Amazon, and you will find it.
1: And again, the proceeds go to
2: charity. The charity is called Wires. If you want to check it out, um, they are helping uh, Australian animals impacted by the devastation of the bushfires
1: well that's amazing mama thank you i love it and uh hopefully our uh, friends our family our uh, people that listen to this podcast will kind of dig on that i hope so uh, you know
2: yeah get over
1: and do what you can to help out it was
2: pretty fun and i hope you read it actually i hope you read the cinderella story i know you're not a fan of reading my books (laughs) that sounds terrible but (laughs) He likes to read his wrestling biographies and not so much fiction. But uh, maybe this one, you'll crack it open.
1: I'll tell you this. Hmm. On next week's Bigfoot Pro Wrestling Podcast, (laughs) with uh, the guest that's going to be... I'll announce it after I record it. I don't announce podcasts before I record them anymore. Okay, yeah, yeah. I will give a review Mm -hmm. along... Excuse me. I'll give that review, which means I promise I will read it, and so you'll know I read it next week here on the Bigfoot Pro Wrestling Podcast, this amazing award-winning podcast that's never won anything, just like Steel Cold says. But uh, thank you, Mrs. Clam, for. Uh, Bringing that to the table this week.
2: Thank you I've been, very much. I've been
1: working on you, trying to pry it I out know, of you. I know.
2: I know. You've been a work
1: in progress on this stuff.
2: I know. I don't like to. I don't like to bother people, but for this, money's going to a good cause, so nice. I feel okay.
1: And just because I'm the husband, yeah. Go over to Twitter. Follow K.A. Meltemore. (laughs) Yes. Check out her other Follow me on Twitter. (laughs) She's got a a trilogy of books. Yeah, I do. Another one coming out soon. Yeah. So thank you very much for coming on this week. Yes, yes. And now the bad news.
2: Yeah, I know. The L train. Yeah.
1: Last week (laughs) had some symptoms.
2: Not giant symptoms. Not COVID-style symptoms. symptoms, Okay, let's just put this on the table right now. Slightly. No fever. No cough to speak of. I mean, you kind of always have a cough, so nothing new there. You kind of always, you know, whatever. So I, I mean, no no giant red flags. Okay, let's just preface with that. No giant red flags. However,
1: so I got through the weekend. Felt pretty good yesterday. On uh, or no. On Sunday,
2: mm-hmm.
1: we had the the grilling of the chicken and a bunch of other things that we did on Sunday. And then Monday, okay, here's the thing. In the middle of the night, between <laughs> Sunday and Monday-
2: <laughs> You're getting way too much information out I'm here now. Give this
1: per- <laughs> I'm going to give this information. I was sleeping real great. Yeah. And suddenly, the old L train took a trip while he was sleeping and woke up- on the floor,
2: yeah, you did next
1: to where I'm sleeping on my side of the bed because yeah. I had some kind of a a dream, a nightmare. Uh, I don't
2: know what happened with the you.
1: American nightmare or Half the American time, dream. I have no idea. And uh, woke up on my right hip, on my yeah, right shoulder. I know. And didn't feel too bad the first day, but after that, it's a little stiff. It's you know, it's not devastating
2: or anything. Yeah. But uh, that- anyway, long story short. <laughs> long story short. But anyway, your employer thought you ought to go get a COVID test. Yes, I went
1: back to work today. Yes. Trying to do my best. And they said, uh, based upon your symptoms last week. Go have a test. Go get this test. So I go in. You (laughs) drive up to the place in your car, in my vehicle, in my 96, uh, uh, not a Kia. What the hell is it?
2: (laughs) Your Geo Metro. My
1: Geo Tracker.
2: Tracker from sorry.
1: 1996. Yeah. And you got to wear, well, you wear your mask. You got to wear, well, you got to wear your mask. You got to have the windows up. Yeah. And so you whip in about three deep in this tent. I feel sorry for these people that have mm. to work in this tent, by the way, because they're in there smelling like exhaust. Yeah.
2: Because you don't turn the car off, right? Yeah. You don't turn it's the car off. It's idling
1: under the tent. You don't turn the car off. They don't tell you anyway. Yeah. And I saw no signs. Yeah. But anyway, got in there, got to my turn. Mm -hmm. and they jam
2: they gently insert
1: they gently (laughs) insert (laughs) or as i call it a
2: long stick jam it up your nostril
1: jamming we be jamming yeah um
2: and then leave it in there and swirl it around a bit you gotta
1: take a 10 count yeah like you're you know sitting outside the ring that's a long
2: time to have a stick up your nose two right and it's not quite that long is it
1: three no
2: i (laughs) was kidding all the way to ten okay
1: and then they don't just crank the the puppy out of there they have to swirl it like you're twisting the end of it they got to get that mucus they got to get that dna
2: whatever they got to pull out of your nostril they need it so they can test it right
1: and so I have been tested.
2: And we're waiting for anxiously.
1: I'm expecting my results tonight. They said it would take within, you know, under 24 hours, more likely six to eight. But we'll see.
2: We're going to just keep an eye on here. the results and hope that I, I'll be I'll be floored. I'll be flabbergasted. I'll be in s- just un- shocked beyond belief if it's positive because you just did not seem really sick in any capacity. You really didn't. So, if you are, then holy smokes, we got a new adventure going on for this year. So, and not that fun?
1: It was almost as bad as getting my toenails removed.
2: Do we have to just discuss people with your business? I mean, honestly. Well, how many people get their toenails? Skewers removed? up your nose, it's toenails a, ripped off. Nobody wants to hear a this life shit. Event.
1: I'm 48 years old. The people that listen to this podcast, not 48 years old.
2: Some may be.
1: They don't understand. I'm just getting, I'm teaching the youth what they need to know, what's going to come up. You got to get ready. You got to be ready. Keep your health now.
2: Here's the moral of the story. All right. Whoa, whoa, whoa. If you listen listen to to Mrs. Clams and go get your toes looked at when they first start looking bad, maybe, just maybe, you wouldn't have to have them ripped off. Just a thought instead of ignoring it for nine months, and mm. then whoops-a-daisy, got to go in. Anyway, it's time to get to this <laughs> week's
1: podcast, which is a great <laughs> podcast, all, all jokes aside. I got to talk to the one and only uh, Jackson Stone this week, at Jackson Stone underscore on Twitter. Uh, you know, maybe the most positive guy on social media, and you'll hear why he's the most positive guy on social media. He's a big mental health advocate. And he talks about that, the whys, the hows. He has plenty of um, different um, social medias that you got to pay attention to um, that are all about mental health. And uh, check those out. And then, um, dude, we talk all that kind of stuff, the pandemic. We get into wrestling, where he came from, you know, all kinds of great stuff. You know, I can't even get into it all because we talk about so much stuff for Mm -hmm. about – Just over almost just under an hour, Mm. which is 60 minutes minus.
2: (laughs) Thank you for that, Captain Obvious. Okay, I
1: gotta let the people know. (laughs) You know, sometimes they're not listening here in the United States or North America where time has a different meaning, you mean, (laughs) or New Zealand, all around the country where minutes
2: don't mean the same thing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Hey. We're just having a great time here. But anyway, Uh, check out this week's podcast, episode number 166, with the one and only Jackson Stone. And uh, if you're not following him on Twitter or uh, the other social media type things, what else is it? Like Instagram and, you know, snappy chatty and all those kind of (laughs) things. Follow him. He will, uh, you know, if you're having a bad day. He'll help You'll check him out on Twitter, and he'll give you a nice, positive, you know, a little nice. feedback, you know.
2: Goodness knows we can need you some positivity these so days. So let's
1: get to the show.
2: Mrs. Clams, Yeah. any
1: final thoughts before I take us
2: out? I don't think so. I think you have disgusted people enough for one day.
1: Excellent. And one more time, get that book over <laughs> at Amazon.com, people.
2: Thank you very much. And
1: check out that wrestling wrestling
2: wrestling
1: entertainment story yes but uh i'm the all-train check me out at bfpw podcast on twitter follow us over at Mm bigfootprowrestling.com you can check out the entire archive over there you know we got a couple other things on the website not much we're kind of working on the website a little bit i'm thinking about things Mm. that i can do over there Mm -hmm. to get some people over there okay real nice wasn't that real that was nice. snappy that was really informative that was snappy and then check us out each and every week you know whatever app you use to download the podcast mm-hmm. use that but you can check us out again on bigfootprowrestling.com mm-hmm. over on almost all podcast platforms
2: yes indeed
1: itunes <laughs> spotify <laughs> stitcher I think Google Play, I, I got a recent email that maybe they're going out of uh, business on the podcast. So oh, let me I look love. a little more on that. Uh, Mrs. Clams, mm-hmm. how do we follow you? And one more time, where do you get that book?
2: Oh, good grief. Um, you can go to Amazon and put in Creating Cinderella and you will find it. And I'm on Twitter, K.A. Miltimore, if you want to follow me there.
1: I'm the All Train. You are
2: leaving the station. Bam!
1: Hey, let me tell you where my good friends, Chris and Sandra, are going to be this week. My amazing sponsors. This Thursday, August 20th, Optimism Brewing on Capitol Hill, 4 p.m. to 8 p.m. And then uh, Friday, August the 21st, another great place, one of my favorite places, No Boat Brewing in Snoqualmie, 4 p.m. to 8 p.m. Saturday, down over, or up over, down over, jump and jump over at uh, Chuck's Hop Shop in Greenwood, 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. And then Sunday, August the 23rd, Ridgecrest Public House in Shoreline from 5 to 8 p.m. You know, if that ain't enough, let's talk some menu here this week. It, it, not only can you get their regular menu, which, you know, they got buffalo chicken nachos, Aloha pork belly nachos, cheeseburger nachos, some other stuff. And then this week's specials, my big, fat Greek nachos. Fontina cheese sauce, lemon chicken, Kalamata olives, cherry tomatoes, pickled red onions, a bunch of other stuff on there. They got a tofu tostada, and then a cherry lime, agua fresca, and then for dessert, white chocolate, blackberry blondie. Oh my god, it's uh made with a blackberry pork jam and roasted white chocolate. And if I haven't told you before, don't forget you can check out their fermented hot sauces. Six ounce bottles, six bucks a bottle, two for eleven, three for fifteen, and then they have uh, a variety of uh different flavors from uh eight to ten on a uh, hot uh heat uh you know uh, if you will, you know, it's 8 of 10 hot. Or they have a couple that are 4, which probably are more flavorful. But anyway, check it out over on their social media. Nachomamaseattle.com is their website. If you want to check them out on Facebook or Instagram, Nachomamaseattle. And Twitter, NachoMamasSCA. Hashtag Nacho Mama Seattle, hashtag nachos and beer, hashtag gourmet nachos. Hey, the L train here, man. We're back with a really, really great one here. It's been one I've been trying to get done for a while, just hadn't worked out until, uh, until today, man. I want to introduce you to one of the most positive people out there on social media that I see, um, the one and only Jackson Stone, man. Jackson, how are you doing today, sir?
0: Uh, I'm doing really good. What's up with you? You all right?
1: Yeah, yeah, man. I'm doing really great, man. Uh, things been doing, uh, things been great lately. My work's kind of been... Getting back to normal after everything, and uh, life's been good. I've been feeling pretty good, so, uh, you know, keep it on the positive. Like I was telling you before uh, we started, man, it's going to be a hot one here in Seattle today. We're not used to this 97, 100-degree weather, so I a bunch of us going to be huddled in our uh, places where the air conditioning is.
0: Yeah, because not, not all the homes have air, air AC, right?
1: No, no, no. If, I mean, you know, they don't really come with one unless you put one in yourself, which uh, my wonderful wife decided we were putting one in a few years ago. So we'll we'll be set, you know, and most people we know have one, but there's a lot of people that don't, you know, and maybe they can, I don't know. There's not even really a lot of places you can go. Like, you know, people used to go to the movies and stuff to get away from the heat, but that's not really open just yet fully, I don't think.
0: Yeah, because I, uh, I was born in, in San Francisco in, like, the Bay Area area. And so, uh, I was talking to a buddy who still lives out there and he was saying they're, they're getting hit with a heat wave right now too. And he was saying, yeah, we don't have AC. And I was forgetting, like when I was growing up, we didn't have AC either in our house. And I always, cause like, it's so normal in Texas. Like everyone has AC, like no matter what, like even if the house is falling apart, you're still going to have AC. So it's interesting, you know,
1: what's the, uh, the weather like going to be there for you today? Is it uh, about the same there?
0: Uh, yeah, we're like, uh, like, it seems like it's like the 10th day in a row that we're like a hundred degrees.
1: Oh man. 10th <laughs> day in a row. But you guys, like you said, most of you have the air conditioning, can handle it and all that kind of stuff. So that's cool.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. We're good to go.
1: <laughs> so man, I really want to get you on, man. You're so into, you know, being positive and I know you're big mental health you know, advocate and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, why is that so close to your heart? Is it something to just, did you know someone or is it just something you've been working on and you had your own issues, you know?
0: I've always like generally been a pretty optimistic and positive guy. Um, but the mental health advocacy, um, really came from my sister. I, I lost her to suicide a couple years ago. Mm. Um, and you know, when something like that happens, really you're, you know, everything in your life kinda gets flipped upside down, you know? You start to really hone in on what's important. Um and uh so advocating for mental health and starting you are loved and, and trying to be a little more grateful and positive in my life, um, was just kind of one of the ways that I was able to cope, uh, and deal with my grief and sadness of losing her and then kind of put my my efforts into into something that could maybe save a life or help someone else go through the same thing that I'm going through or like connect with other people who might be dealing with their own mental health issues or struggles or, um, just, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's turned into something really, really powerful and impactful. Something maybe I never thought it would turn into when I first just started doing the, you are love stuff and, and all this. But I mean, that's kind of the reasoning behind it. And I'm, I'm on this journey now and I'm, I'm, I'm feeling good about it. And it's, it's really helped me in my whole process of grieving. So that's where I'm at.
1: Well, I you know I enjoy following you on social media, Twitter specifically for me. You know because you know you're you're always on there giving out some nice quotes, trying to help people out. You know I see you helping other people chiming in on their their issues, so I think that's uh you're really like um you know out there helping people, really you know putting your hand out there and reaching out, and I think that uh, should be commended that you're doing that.
0: I appreciate that very much. Yeah, I mean of- uh, I think a lot of the stuff that I try to tweet is really. Is really just a reminder, a reminder to myself. Like, because I'm obviously going through some of the same things that people are, people out there are going through. Right, that's why the whole thing is that we're not alone. You know, someone else is struggling the same way you're struggling, and there's there's a lot of strength in that shared experience. Um, and so, when I'm feeling some type of way, or I'm, you know, then I, I try to tweet myself out of that thought pattern, you know, and, and put my put some positive vibes into the universe, and knowing that when I put it out on a public platform, someone else might. Uh, you know get the same kind of uh, profound effect from the words that I written and those words kind of affected me in a positive way so maybe they'll affect someone else too and you know but uh, that's kind of the beauty of social media Uh, I try to use it for all that all the positive that it can be used for Uh, a lot of people on there don't Um, so sometimes you just got to be a light in the darkness you know
1: oh it's great on there man you you definitely uh brighten up my day when i'm kind of having a bad day sometime and I see those quotes which uh, i'm gonna mention some of those in just a minute, but you know you got a a few different things going on you got your uh the at you are loved the at shop everyone uh do not you just kind of take us through each one of these the uh at you are loved uh what what's that all about what what you know what goes on there
0: um yeah so you are loved basically is the kind of the name of the <laughs> mental health movement that I started. Uh, a few years back, um, kind of started off as just a, a t-shirt, uh, turned into like a, a weekly video series, um, which is whether we uh, still both have those running. Um, but I just launched like the website, uh, for you are loved. So it's just, it's just my, my mental health movement. We're, uh, I'm turning it into a nonprofit here in the next few months. Um, and so I'll start doing like, uh, some community events some support groups, um, educational events on like mental health and how to help a loved one seeing the signs and symptoms. Um, and then of course there's a bunch of merchandise on there. Um, and all that merchandise goes to mental health awareness, education and research. Um, so that's the big one. I mean, that's, that's the one I'm really the most proud of. And
1: and, Um, and on that one the you you mentioned the mental health uh, weekly series, uh, is that just anyone kind of just putting out a video or, you know, tell us about that
0: yeah so the weekly video series is basically um people uh, sharing their mental health journey. Um, the uh, it can be written form or video, but the obviously the video series is a video um but it's just them kind of sitting down um, and sharing their story their how they're overcoming their daily battles, like what's helped them, you know what's what they're struggling with, and then just kind of putting that putting their story out there, putting their vulnerability out there. Um, and then when people watch that, they feel less alone because they know someone else is going through the exact same thing. Um, I, uh, this past Friday I had Jimmy Jacobs, uh, share his story for you are loved, which was pretty amazing. He's a pretty incredible guy. Um, but yeah, so if, if you're listening to this right now and you want to share your, your mental health journey, your story, yeah, just hit me in the DMS and we can talk.
1: Perfect, man. And then the next one, it looks like, uh, at, <coughs> pardon me at shop everywhere. At, excuse me at shop everybody tell us about that one.
0: yeah yeah um so i kind of i don't know i kind of branded the idea of jackson stone everybody kind of for my pro wrestling idea or character or gimmick whatever you want to say it is um and then during the pandemic i uh i started working at walmart a little bit for a few months um because wrestling obviously shut down and i needed kind of some things to do and, uh, you know, I'm seeing all these people here who are, like, essential workers, and they were essential workers before the term essential workers became a thing. Mm-hmm. And I just felt like they were, like, super undervalued and underappreciated for, like, helping the country run on a day-to-day level, and, like, they weren't being praised enough. And just because during the pandemic they be- they became essential workers, even though, you know, when we're not dealing with a global pandemic. They're still very valued, or they should be more valued than they are. And so I came up with the idea of, like, shop for everybody so a uh, basically a clothing brand a clothing line for everybody centered around uh people in the community so like you have these like big brands who uh they have like a roster and ambassador program and usually people on their roster are like already famous people already people because they're trying to get their brand more notoriety so they're going to pay these people to be on their brand so the brand becomes more not- notable i would like to do a my brand will be for everybody and the, the roster or ambassador program, whatever you want to call it, will be people from the community like small business owners, grocery store workers truck drivers and these people will have like their own themed shirt or will do events based on who they are and then you know uh, all these kind of different things so the the idea is that everybody is helping everybody and then on the website when you buy a shirt or you buy a clothing, you have the option to uh, pick what charity you want. Twenty five percent of your your uh, proceeds to get donated to. A lot of it will center around like um, like poverty, ending hunger, homelessness, educational stuff. Um, so that's kind of the idea for the brand. I'm launching that in January, so I'm just kind of putting the pieces together right now and trying to get a little buzz on social media for it and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. That's uh, phenomenal stuff that you're piecing together there to help everyone out. Uh, man. And then, um, you know, Unite, and you also have your uh, Jackson Talks Everyone, your YouTube series. Uh, you, you do that weekly?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a podcast, Jackson Talks Everybody. comes out uh, every Tuesday.
1: And you just kind of talk about whatever comes up, wrestling, mental health, anything you want?
0: Yeah, it's a pretty kind of shoot-the-breeze lifestyle podcast. I have guests. Um... Sometimes I do solo episodes. I mm-hmm. have a hotline where people call in for like an hour and we just have conversations about whatever. Um, but yeah, that's my that's my podcast. It's on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, or you can go to jacksontalkseverybody.com. It's
1: yeah, just, checked out a couple of them, especially when you're just sitting there by yourself. Man, I don't know how you just keep going. You know, It doesn't even look like you have notes sometimes. You're just like whatever's coming to your head. I have a hard time doing that myself sometimes on podcast.
0: Yeah, I don't, I I do, I jot a few things down, but really I, um, I mean, I I read a lot of books and I listen to a lot of podcasts and like the best way for me to like know if I'm understanding and digesting the information is if then I can like say it uh, on my podcast where it makes sense and like other people can like resonate with the same information that I thought was valuable. So that's kind of why I'll like listen to a few things, I'll get inspired by what I read and, and listen to and then try to do a podcast about it um that week um and uh yeah i think it's pretty good i yeah i uh i just recently started doing the solo episodes um because i i do have a lot to say right <laughs> as right. you can tell
1: yeah you uh, had switched up a little bit just a few months back i think
0: remember right yeah
1: yeah, yeah, the,
0: yeah. the uh the speaking out movement kind of forced my hand on that which was right. good needed needed to change that was good Definitely. um Definitely. but yeah so that's uh that's my podcast
1: Dude, you're doing all kinds of stuff, just keeping busy, amazing. And then, like I was going to say, you uh, send out those daily tweets, you know, a couple maybe a day or whatever it might be. But I, I, I just kind of copied some and pasted it on my little note thing here. And I just want to read a couple of them to you, man, because I just like them. Uh, be proud of everything you have done to get to this point. You may not be able to change the world, but you can change one person's world. I really like that one, man. That uh, really kind of mm-hmm. stuck home with me.
0: And then, yeah, I, uh, uh, I like that one a lot. Because, I mean, we, a lot of us have these really big aspirations to change the world, right? And that changing the world is like a hard, that's hard. Like the world's a big place. But we we forget sometimes how powerful we can be if we just change one person's world. Because then that's a domino effect, right? That one person that you changed or helped grow or helped evolve or got out of a tough spot, whatever you consider like changing their world. That's a domino effect, right? Now they're in a positive light. They're in a positive headspace. Mm-hmm. Now, and then that's going to just lead to more and more change. So then it's essentially, if you change one person's world, you have the ability then to change the world. Because you know each person is going out and doing their part. So I think that's really powerful too.
1: There's well, another one. If you're reading this, you're alive and capable, which means that you already... Possess the strength to survive everything life puts in your way. I like that one, too, man. I I like a lot of them on here, man. I also like the one where you just say good morning. You're amazing. Be kind. Parentheses, also drink coffee. And a new episode of Jackson (laughs) Talks drops to later, man. Uh, Are you a huge coffee fan?
0: Oh, my God, yeah. I love coffee.
1: (laughs) I've got a cup right now, actually. I just got up about an hour ago.
0: Good. Nice. Yeah, coffee. uh, Yeah, coffee is the nectar of the gods.
1: Anyway, I could go on all day with these quotes, man. I just want to tell you how much they, uh, I appreciate them, how much they mean to me and, uh, please keep, uh, doing that.
0: Well, thank you. I appreciate
1: that. Well, dude, you know, we're talking about the pandemic. You said you went to to Walmart a little bit. Um, so Mm -hmm. tell us about your life living with the pandemic, whether, you know, personally and of course the wrestling piece of it.
0: Um, yeah, I mean, Excuse me. Um, yeah, wrestling shutting down obviously sucked, but uh, I mean, as you can tell, I got a lot of other stuff going on, so it really didn't. I mean, it, you know, it's, it stinks, but it didn't affect me too bad. Um, but I mean, I, I, besides all the terrible stuff that COVID nineteen has brought, you know, people dying, loss of jobs, like all the awful shit, I've I've, I've enjoyed kind of being able to just like sit down and really focus on uh what i want to do and where I, what i want to create and where i want to see my life go and kind of these intentions that i have so it's been in that regard it's been nice i probably also have bought too many things on amazon but other than <laughs> that it was, it's good
1: well i think my you know you know it's been tough but you know like i said we, we got my family here and we're all good you know and still got jobs and everything but uh my biggest uh what am I trying to say? The worst thing I've been doing during pandemic is keep ordering food to the house. I mean, I know it helps the businesses, but it has not right. helped my uh, my waistline at all.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what's the um, What's the strangest thing you purchased during quarantine?
1: Oh god, or during thing. the
0: pan, or during the pandemic? Yeah.
1: Oh my god, that's a tough question. I don't, I don't know. Other than maybe a lot more uh, bottles of wine around the house because there ain't much else to do, but.
0: I feel, I
1: feel you on that. Um, man, I don't really know. That's the that's probably the best thing I do. I Like I said, I've only been really spending money on food and obviously just paying our bills and stuff. So I don't know. If I think of anything, though, I'll, I'll come back to it.
0: Yeah, because someone asked me that, too, and I was like, I don't really know. So <laughs> <laughs> it hasn't been super odd. Like, yeah.
1: No, it's like, you know, I, I kind of been ordering our groceries from, like, Safeway. So we go up there and just pick them up. And then I hit the Trader Joe's and, you know, Target and things like that. But yeah, you know, maybe some different kind of chips and things like that too. Just like, hey, this looks good. We normal wouldn't, normal wouldn't buy this, you know, so let's check it out.
0: Yeah, because y'all's situation in Washington is a little bit more strict and severe than ours out here.
1: Yeah, we got uh, pretty shut down. We were like pretty much, I think, the first hot spot, you know, because we had that nursing home here in the state that really got hit hard. And, uh, you know, Inslee came in, our governor. I think he's a great governor. Some people don't. But, um, you know, he, he put the stay-at-home order. In, and and I was like, okay, we need to do this. This is great. And, you know, and then there's just groups of people that don't want to do that no matter where you are, right, you know. So it's – I think our state could have been doing a lot better right now, but we are almost had to go back a couple steps. So what, what's yeah. it like in Texas?
0: Um. It's not too bad actually um um we're at like basically 50 percent pretty much everywhere um we got up to like 75 percent a little bit but then like kind of um cases started spiking a bit so we're at 50 percent everywhere like you can go out to eat uh i think like there's a few bars open but only if they serve food um so it's not we're not too bad we're we're pretty we're pretty good here but everyone's wearing a mask everywhere right so that's required um but we're trying to live live our lives out here, but also be careful at the same time.
1: Exactly, exactly. you got to be careful that way, you know. Hopefully, maybe by later in the year, earlier next year, everything just completely gets, you know, hopefully back to normal. I don't know if we'll ever have normal, normal, normal again. Um, but, man, I just, you know, I miss going out to restaurants and being able to just, you know, walk around there freely or hang out at the bar and things like that. You know, or going to the movies and stuff, you know, so... You know, that right. part's tough, but, you know, you find ways around it, like, you know, they because they've been putting a lot of great stuff on TV, too, right, releasing things that they normally wouldn't, so that's been kind of cool. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, man, let's, uh, you want to chat a little wrestling here, get into a little wrestling stuff? I'm in. I like talking <laughs> wrestling. Excellent, excellent. You know, there's been a lot of talk lately about intergender wrestling, you know, if it mm. should happen, if it shouldn't happen, is it believable, is it not believable? I mean, my opinion before I ask yours, I happen to like it. I think it's great. You know, athletic woman going one-on-one with a man or in teams, you know, anything like that. Because, you know, this is a sport that is predetermined. You know, it's it's an entertainment, you know. So in the storyline, a lot of different things could happen that where this female could give this, you know, giant guy a match or, you know, beat him. You know, there could be the thing here where maybe she weighs only 100 pounds, this guy weighs 300, and they're going one-on-one. They Maybe, you know... But I don't know. I, I enjoy it. I want to see a little more of it in some promotions and in, uh, you know, some of the TV wrestling, the majors. Uh, but uh, what are your thoughts on it, sir? Uh,
0: overall, I, I enjoy intergender wrestling. I think it's good. Um, I think when done properly, it's very, very entertaining and awesome. Um, if you don't, like, I guess I'll say if you don't like intergender wrestling because of the realism behind it, then I don't, I don't get that. Because it, like we know what we're watching. We're watching pro wrestling, right? It's entertainment. It's predetermined. Like nothing about it is like, is real. You know what I mean? Obviously the pain, the injuries, all that kind of stuff is real. Right. But like people know, people know behind the curtain now fans definitely know. So like, I am i don't under, I don't know if I fully get, if that's why you don't like it. Um, and then there's like the idea that it like, uh, it's like domestic violence because a, a man is hitting a woman or wouldn't a woman is hitting a man, but like, and then there was like comparison to the speaking out movement, which is all, it was all, it's not good because it's not the same at all, right? Mm-hmm. One, as indie, as independent professional wrestlers, we have the choice and the decision who we want to wrestle on the show. So the woman and the man are agreeing to this match and there's consent and they are two athletes who are trained the exact same way, getting in the ring and doing what they love. And there's no way, shape or form that a comparison to abuse or harassment or bullying or anything that we saw with the speaking out movement. And so those two comparisons kind of really put a detriment on how impactful the speaking out movement is and will be and can be in terms of creating adequate change in our business. That's more fair and inclusive and safe. And so intergender wrestling is an important part of that. It's an important part of the growth of the business. It's an important part of like putting women on the same level, like as good as we are because they are there's plenty of women wrestlers out there that are way better than me at pro wrestling and they should be (laughs) they should be they should be touted and put in the same positions as anyone else like so you can have your gripes against intergender wrestling that's fine like you're allowed your personal opinion that's beautiful but the problem i have with is that if you don't like it because you're like shitting on the the athletic ability or the talent or the way someone was trained of the woman then that's where I have an issue you need to respect the talent and the work ethic and the ability regardless of if you want to see them wrestle a man or not that's my that's my take
1: and you know the the locker rooms promotions that you've been in have you seen a positive thing towards uh, intergender wrestling from you know the other male talent not the name names but yeah okay
0: no yeah it's all good but I also think there needs to be a standard like if you're if you're a woman and you don't feel comfortable wrestling said woman or said man, you should be able to say no. That's the power you have as an independent contractor. And it should be it should be the same with a male too. If I if I'm a male and I feel uncomfortable wrestling this other guy on the show or this other woman on the show, it should be okay too. It shouldn't be seen as like you don't like this or you don't respect that. Like we have to create a culture of like being able to choose our a value ourselves and be able to say no. And then held accountable for that decision and not be attacked for it. So there's got to be, we just got to create an equal standard mm-hmm. for everything, right? And that's like a theme for the whole, for everything that's going on in the world, right? Equality for everything.
1: Right, and it sounds so, like a really, you know, if you have a really great promoter, he's going to respect that and make sure everything's, you know, taken care of.
0: Right, and so that's the, that's what we need to build towards. And, um, you know, and so it's it's our job as wrestlers and whoever's promoting the show, it's all to make these things safe and you know and conducive to the best possible work environment you can and so i mean there's a lot of work to be done in our business right because it's kind of Mm -hmm. rooted in some really shitty ideals and really shitty cultures that have been like carried on over the years um and i think you know this generation of indie wrestlers doesn't we don't want to we don't want to work that way anymore we want the business to be better than it was before we want it to be safer and bigger than it ever has been and happier and healthier and inclusive for everyone. And, you know, ha- be, actually have pro wrestling be for everybody, whether you're yeah. a fan, a wrestler, you're doing camera work, whatever the case may be is like, there's a spot for you and you can feel safe and you can feel happy and you can feel healthy in that environment. So I, you know, that's what we're working towards and intergender wrestling is just another part of that.
1: Right. And you know, it kind of goes for the, the fans that come too. you know, You know, sometimes people get treated differently if they're different when they come to wrestling shows. But I think the shows I've been through more and more, everyone's been kind of, all right, we're all a a family here now. Let's all be together no matter, you know, what your sexuality is, your color is, you know, any of that kind of stuff.
0: Right. Absolutely. Like, and so funny because being a pro wrestling fan is still like a very weird niche type of thing to like. Like, no matter how big the idea of pro wrestling gets, it's still very small amount of people are fans of it. And so just knowing that idea is like super cool. So if you like meet another fan who also likes wrestling, there's like an instant connection and bond there. Mm -hmm. And it's even deeper if you're at an actual wrestling show. And so there's no reason why that just like beautiful connection of like loving pro wrestling can't just like build this like really nice environment for people to come watch wrestling. So, yeah.
1: I think that's true, man. Because, you know, a few years ago before I started going to the, the Defy shows, the Without a Cause shows out here, you know, and all the other ones, prestige, you know, I yeah. I was, you know, I had, I had my personal friends, the ones I go see, the one I talk to on the phone, but now I also have a wrestling family. And it's like, we all come from different places in life. Right. But we meet and all of a sudden we're texting back and forth or social media back and forth, you know, talking about matches. Oh, what are you doing? You're going to go check that out? You know, and can't wait to see him at the next show, the next pre-funk for the show or after, you know, the show and stuff. So it's just, uh, amazing what pro wrestling, you know, what it can do to bring human beings together.
0: Exactly. Yeah. hundred hmm. percent. It's great. It's beautiful.
1: Oh man, it is. But dude, uh, speaking of a defy show, man, there was one, uh, March 8th, 2019 defy dragon spirit, man. And, uh, I think was that your debut there when uh, you took on shaft?
0: Yeah, that's the one and only time I've been at defy. It's one of my, I mean, that building is one of the, my, I've only been there once, right? It's one of my favorite places I've ever wrestled in.
1: Oh, Washington Hall is pretty special. The way they got the you know the two decks and you know the sound that comes in there and the crowd. I think since the very first Defy show has been off the hook in that place. And it's almost like being in the you know Seahawks Stadium or the old Kingdom, if you know anything about that in football up here. Like we have the 12th man for football, you know, and we're so loud. Yeah. And They they did hold the record. I think Kansas City might have it now for the loudest you know stadium. But Washington Hall is like that, man. It kind of elevates the whole situation inside. I think.
0: Yes, it makes everything seem cooler, bigger, and funner. And yeah, and that match with Shaft was great. He's awesome.
1: Well, it's a shame that you haven't been back because you know, I was just watching that match last night uh, on Independent Wrestling. And, uh, dude, this was a knockdown, drag out, just an old fashioned kind of stomping on each other, man. It was a great match. And uh, what were your thoughts on taking on that uh, Mammoth Man and, uh, you know, the whole match and, you know, being in the at the Defy Show?
0: uh yeah i mean if i was a place that i wanted to work for a while um so i'm glad i got to go there shafts a, that's a big boy big <laughs> strong boy um so i think we yeah, I, I mean i really enjoyed the match uh i haven't watched it in a while i mean it's been over a year which is seems wild because it seems like it was very recent um and i had long hair then don't have long hair now <laughs>
1: i noticed that man. Uh, you had the long flowing locks
0: yeah, i yeah i actually like cut it like I got home from that show and like two days later I cut it. So,
1: um,
0: but it was fun, man. I'd love to be, I'd love to go back whenever shows start rolling around again.
1: Right. Yeah. Cause I was watching you and then you got kind of a lot of booze when you came out, you know, cause shafts, the the hometown boy, man. Um, so did did you know anything about shaft before you wrestled him that night?
0: I didn't. I, um, I know he had wrestled Walter. Yeah. Like a bit before that, and uh, I'm friends with Walter because so I spent a lot of time with WXW, um, and so uh, Walter Walter had nothing but good things to say, so I was I was pretty pumped for the match.
1: Oh, he had a great match with Walter. He's taken on uh, Brody King a couple, maybe three times. Man, one time they broke a ring. They were just. S- such a hot fight, of, man! But that's yeah, a lot of
0: meat. That's a lot of meat in that ring.
1: Hey, but hey, man, you did every bit as well as uh, those guys did, man. It was a phenomenal match. Watching it back, I was actually in the crowd that night watching it too. So, man, that was uh, really, really fun, uh, man. And then, uh, let's see, where's my other little note here about the other match? Uh, it was uh, January 18th, this the start of this year. You wrestled at the Ballroom oh, yeah. brawl up in uh, up in uh, Canada, and you went. You took on uh, some guys that are really my favorites here in the area: Daniel Macabe, Sonico, and uh, Fergie. Man, tell that wasn't your first. Was that your first time there? No, you were there once before at a Pacific Cup, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did the Pacific Cup same weekend I did Defy. That's right. That's right.
1: One night, then the next. Um,
0: night. Yeah, but uh yeah, I love those guys, dude. That was a fun match. Super fun. uh uh, I kicked, uh, Fergie right in the balls to start the match and it was a great way to get things rolling, you
1: know? <laughs> well, you know, take the edge off right away, right?
0: Yeah. You know,
1: <laughs> <laughs> dude, like you know, and I've seen Sonico and Daniel Macabe live plenty of times, man. And, uh, I love watching those guys, Sonico with his high flying, but he can also like duke it out. And then Daniel Macabe is, like, technical wrestling. I, I love him. He reminds me of kind of an old-school wrestler a little bit, just going to take you down, mm-hmm. you know, work on an arm, work on a leg, just kind of tie you up a little bit. Uh, what are your thoughts on those dudes? Yeah,
0: uh, big fan of Macabe for sure. Uh, we, we uh, I mean, we can, I mean, I, I'm a fan of his work in the ring for sure, but we connected just as, like, people Uh like that, that weekend. And that was, it was really nice. Cause I, I'd heard a lot about him from like other people from like, Wheeler you was telling me about him and a lot of these things. And I saw he was going up to WXW and, and so I was excited to meet him and uh, yeah, we connected really well. And yeah, I'm a big fan of just him in general and his work and stuff. Um, and then, uh, I love Fergie. We, we, we got along really well. Uh, <laughs> the first time I did there Pacific cup. So he's, he's a great guy. Um, and Sonico, I'd never, really, I hadn't seen a lot of his work, um, and so I was a bit unfamiliar with him going into the match, but yeah, clearly he's a stud. Uh, and then i talked to him. He's been into Japan and all these really cool things. So yeah. Impressed by, impressed by everyone there.
1: Yeah. I remember just first seeing him. He was a lot skinnier, just wrestling at the Lucha Libre Volcanica shows. If you, I don't know if you've heard of those up here, there. Kind of a little small ordeal, but uh, they're really fun shows. You know, it's mostly all Lucha and stuff, or at least it was back then and stuff. And, uh, yeah, I saw him on that, and to see what he's doing now has just uh, been a lot of fun. Like, I've kind of seen this kid growing into his own. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So, dude, what are your thoughts on uh, – real quick, sorry. Were those the only times that you've wrestled here in, up in the Washington, Canada area? Was the uh, Defy show and those couple of ECC dub shows? Uh,
0: Yes. Yes, that's it so far.
1: Wow, huh, that's a shame. I have to reach out to them, Defy Boys, or uh, my guys up at Without a Cause, and get you back up here when it all starts up again. <laughs> Please, that'd be lovely. It's a shame you haven't been back, man. But, you know, let's talk about uh, other wrestling during the pandemic here, real quick. You know, there's WWE and AEW, Impact. Uh, I don't know if you've been watching some of it. I, I watched some of the WWE that they don't grab me quite as much and nothing against anyone that loves WWE or anything like that it's just not grabbing me right now. I'm more into uh, AEW and then actually the Impact show since I saw that Slam Anniversary pay-per-view, you know, last month or whatever that was, man. Uh it's kind of weird watching it with the uh the empty arena. What are what are your thoughts on these shows?
0: Um well, I personally did one empty arena show match and it was extremely difficult. I felt kind of, I almost felt a little out of place. Um so I can't imagine You know, especially at the start with like WrestleMania being in front of nobody, like I can't imagine how hard that was. Um, So kudos to those guys for still just putting in absolute mad work. Um, But I haven't watched a ton of wrestling. Um, uh, I've watched a little bit of like AEW because a few of my friends are on there. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm really impressed with Impact. I think they're doing a lot of cool shit. Uh, And I love Ace Austin, so Mm -hmm. I hope he wins the world championship (laughs) eventually. Um, have to go through the, the empty arena stuff is hard, but I mean they're they're making it work right, they're making it safe for everyone. Their AEW has been doing great, like giving a lot of people jobs and opportunities throughout mm-hmm. the pandemic. So you know that's been awesome. Well, you I can say whatever you want about WWE's moral code; it's never been very good. Um, but we don't really have a say about that, so they can do whatever they want. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I I haven't really I watched WrestleMania just because it's WrestleMania, but exactly. I haven't really watched the prod their their product in a bit.
1: WrestleMania was the last um, one I think I watched out of, you know, the, the on the network or anything. And, you know, for like you said, you know, for what it was, I think they did a really good job. They tried to, the ones that were in the, the ring, they tried to play to the camera a little bit more. You could hear them talking, which was kind of fun and stuff. But the electricity was gone. But I'll say that, you know, like everyone else probably, I don't know what your thoughts on it, that Undertaker, AJ Styles uh, deal, I loved it. I thought it was great.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I enjoyed it as well.
1: Yeah, I thought they were, did really, really great job on that kind of stuff there. But, yeah, Impact's been really exciting, too. Uh, you've, you've performed with Impact before, correct?
0: Yeah, yeah. I've done, like, three shows with them, I think.
1: Nice, nice. How'd that all go?
0: Yeah. Good, yeah. Um. Well, I, yeah, well, I wrestled. Yeah, that's all good. I like Impact. I would definitely I would love to work with them more, you know? They're doing cool stuff.
1: Well, as a fan of uh, Chris Bay, because he's the without a cause champion up here in uh, Everett, Washington, it's was yeah. great to see him uh, and Willie Mack going at him, uh, take that, uh, X division championship, man, Chris Bay, he, that guy's off the hook. Have you been in the ring with him?
0: I've never been in the ring with him, but I only heard really, really, really good stuff about him as a wrestler, as a dude. Yeah. Um, he's
1: doing really phenomenal. And,
0: uh, I mean, I see him, I see him some of his stuff on social media, so yeah, he's, uh, he seems like he's, he's killing it. So yeah, that's awesome.
1: Yeah. He's also a really positive guy on social media too. So that's good to see.
0: Uh, yeah. I do see some of that stuff. I love it. Love to see it.
1: And what are your thoughts on, uh, I don't know if you've watched, uh, the G- GC dub or, um, beyond wrestling, um, these outdoor events they've been putting on. Um, I watched the last GC and I can't remember the name of it, but I don't know. I think they did a really good job trying to keep people spaced out on camera. What I could see most people were wearing masks, you know, the only problem is when one of the matches went over way far from the ring and everyone kind of followed them, and everyone was bunching up. So that mm-hmm. seemed to be the only issue there. So that should maybe be on the, maybe the rest was going to stay like right by the ring or something so everyone doesn't huddle up. But I don't know if you've seen any of these shows or, or uh, your thoughts on these uh, outdoor shows.
0: Um, I think that Beyond and, and GCW are, uh, did a really good job. And I don't know if you saw the picture from Warriors Wrestling that it, in Chicago the other day. They did it like a football field. <laughs> No, I did so not. So basically, see that. they did. They had like a ring in the middle of a, of a football field, and they just had fans everywhere on the football field. And there's like a there's a really cool picture of it on their social on Twitter. But they they did a fantastic job as well. Um, but I've watched a few of those shows. Uh, I watched the first Beyond show. Um, the best match I, I thought was like Wheeler Universe Lee Lee Moriarty, which is awesome. If you haven't seen that, you should check it out. Um, but uh, yeah beyond's great i've wrestled for them a couple times too so
1: (laughs) so uh have you i think you said you wrestled one empty arena show have you wrestled any other how many matches have you had since this pandemic thing has happened or starting to come out of it a little bit in some of the states
0: um i had a few matches in june i want to say like two maybe three matches in june like maybe two matches in july and then i have a show we have a show next weekend so like six or seven matches
1: And were they in front of any fans at all?
0: Yeah, all of them but one were in front of like, probably like, so we were at 50% capacity in like small buildings in in the Dallas area. So it was like, I mean, I think one maybe had 50, the other maybe had 25 or 30, just depending on the size of the building. It's not a ton of people, but still, you can still feel that energy of those 20, 15 people.
1: Oh, yeah, you get to get out there and, you know, the the fans get to come and watch what they love, you know, and be safe. You know, everyone's wearing their masks and stuff. And then you guys get to get in there, roll around, do your thing, man, and have some fun.
0: Yes. How did it feel
1: the first time, though, that you got back in the ring in June after being out for what, since probably March?
0: Yeah, it felt amazing. I felt like my, my entrance, just on my excitement alone, was like two to three minutes long i was just like screaming it was great
1: <laughs> oh, i must have been almost like a rejuvenated like the goosebumps like from the, maybe the first time you went out there or something i don't know but man that must have been
0: yeah fun. i felt like i was newborn again
1: <laughs>
0: oh man so
1: uh you know let's jump back a little bit man uh you know where did you grow up
0: um well i was i was born in uh in the san francisco area and then um, we moved to uh, into, to Dallas, uh, like right before my seventh grade year. Um, so I spent most of the time in in the Dallas area, um, and then uh, moved away for college. Lived in Philly for a couple years, um, and I just bought a house in Dallas. So I'm kind of here for a while now. But yeah, it's <laughs> kind of where I've been.
1: Dallas Cowboy fan?
0: Uh, not really. Not a huge <laughs> football fan. I just uh, if I if. I guess if I had to pick, it would probably be the 49ers.
1: Oh, there you go. They got the they got great history, and they always have uh, great people on their teams, or at least, you know, until recently. I don't like the 49ers, man. I'm a Seahawks fan, so.
0: <laughs> I get it. I get it.
1: <laughs> so what were you into as a kid, man? Were you into Were you into any sports back then, or were you more of, like, into video games, music, you know, choir, things like that?
0: Uh, I was a baseball. I played baseball. Ah. Um, I was a big baseball guy, yeah. So baseball was kind of like the first first true love. And I played that every day, basically from like age five to like age twenty-two because I played it in college too. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, baseball was it for me. And then I uh, then I discovered wrestling, um, like right before uh, right before I went to high school. That's when I first saw wrestling. Mm.
1: Did you ever get a shot at any minor leagues or majors uh, with playing that baseball?
0: Uh, I did three I did three tryouts with the Braves um after college, um, but nothing came out of it.
1: Got it, got it, got it. So you're just talking about then you first get into wrestling, maybe junior high ish in there, man. How did that come? When did you first see it? Was it a family member, a friend, or did you just discover it on T V one day? how did that work?
0: Yeah, just uh kind of scrolling through the T V in my room. And then uh, Monday Night Raw popped on. I did. I mean, I didn't know it was Monday Night Raw at the time, but uh, it, it would, the scene was. Um, it was in 2006. You know, the SummerSlam buildup for Edge and John Cena. Um, and it was the that promo that Edge was giving in the ring, but like he was at John Cena's dad's house, and then ends up he's talking whatever, 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 and he ends up slapping his dad in the face. <laughs> and then I like kind of was like, well, I don't even know what's happening. Why is this man hitting this man? Uh, and then I watched the rest of the episode and a few matches later, and then I watched the whole buildup to SummerSlam, bought the SummerSlam pay-per-view. Uh, and then I was like, I was hooked and obsessed and my parents bought me like thousands of DVDs and t-shirts and <laughs> my dad and I went to a few Monday night raws and then I thought I wanted to join the wrestling team in high school, but then realized that it wasn't the same at all. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's- so then I, uh, yeah, stuck with baseball and then kind of always knew in the back of my head that whenever baseball ended, I was going to be. I was going to be a pro wrestler.
1: Nice, nice, nice. Yeah. The same kind of thing happened to me, except for a lot of years earlier than you. Um, back (laughs) in the early eighties, I was flipping channels one day and we happened to have cable one time. We didn't always have cable, but I don't know. We had it this one time, you know, and you had to get actually still get up and flip the old cable box back then. There was no remotes and I was flipping kind of sitting next to the TV and all of a sudden Georgia championship wrestling came on and there was some vignette about some guy named Tommy wildfire rich who became one of my favorite guys. And then it came back to the ring and the fabulous Freebirds were in the ring talking smack and I think they jumped like somebody. And then all of a sudden Tommy Rich stormed the ring and I didn't know what the hell was going on, but I was like, is this on every week? I had to go over and check the TV guide, you know, when is this on again? You know, and I just loved it ever since then. I just loved the whole, you know, not really the violence, but you know, I was scared of the the bad guys, the heels, you know, and loved the, the baby faces and it just like, I loved it. It Was just so entertaining. I couldn't wait to see it again. Awesome. <laughs> so you said you went to some pay per views with uh, to some live events with your dad.
0: Yes. Yeah, we went to a few Raws, and then I went to maybe I think it was a Hell in a Cell with my buddy, and then I uh, I went to WrestleMania when it was in Dallas, which was awesome too.
1: Oh, the the big giant one.
0: Yeah, where uh. the Rock came out with like a flamethrower. <laughs> oh, man. How was it in there that night? No that,
1: that was a lot of people to be at a wrestle. It was like 100-some thousand or whatever it was.
0: Oh, yeah. It was intense.
1: <laughs> was that your uh, first and only WrestleMania?
0: Yes. First and only WrestleMania.
1: Yeah, I got to go to WrestleMania 19 at Safeco Field. Uh, my brother got tickets for us at the last minute, and we sat up in the very top row at the baseball stadium. But it was still amazing, because I don't know if you're familiar with that card. It was one of the best... From top to bottom, McMahon had, uh, took on Hogan in a street fight and Jericho and Michaels and just tons, that's and tons right, of that's other right. stuff. right, Austin's last match, by the way.
0: <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah, you you had a great WrestleMania.
1: Oh, man, it was so much fun. Really, really great time. And, and I lived in Ballard that time, and I know you don't really know where that is, but it was just like a 20-minute bus ride up the road, so I didn't have to drive, I didn't have to do anything. It was a lot of fun.
0: Oh, crushed it. That's
1: perfect. <laughs> so is your dad, uh, you know, still a big wrestling fan?
0: No, I think he just he he took me just because uh, I wanted to go. <laughs> but uh, uh, there, my parents are really supportive of the uh, of all the wrestling. They come to some shows when they can. Uh, I mean, they bought me an absurd amount of DVDs and T shirts when I was growing up. Um, they've just always been supportive of pretty much everything. So I was never it never concerned me that when I told them that I wanted to be a pro wrestler, it never it was never really a doubt in my mind that they would be okay with it and supportive. So that was like super helpful in my career early on. Um,
1: <laughs> so did you walk but, in one uh, day and say, mom, dad, I'm going to be a pro wrestler. And they just pretty much kind of looked at you and said, all right, what do we need to do? Or they were just kind of like silent for a minute or.
0: They were like, yeah, my mom was like, yeah, I saw this coming. I like, I knew this was coming. Like, <laughs> you weren't going to get all these DVDs and go to all these, you know, watch all these shows and, and not, and not do anything about it. And then, so we just kind of, uh, they helped me find a school that was close by. I was working as a personal trainer at the time when I when I came from college. Um, so yeah, I was working as a personal trainer, got some money together, and, and paid for school. And then, you know, nine months later, in September of 2015, I uh, I had my first wrestling match.
1: Oh, crazy man! And uh, tell us about uh, getting into the training. Uh, where did you train at? Was that at the um, oh, man, I had it up here, the MPX Wrestling School, or?
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So. The uh yeah, MPX Wrestling School in Bedford, Texas. It's like a forty minute drive outside of Dallas, so not too far. Um and uh yeah, the head trainer there, kind of the owner as well, is uh Stephen Kirby. He's been amazing. Um so if you're in the area and you need a place to go, I would definitely go there. Um but uh they uh they have their own building and without the pandemic, they're running shows every single week, every Saturday night. Um so I mean, this pandemic's really hurt them in in mm. that regard. But uh, the training school is still open. Um, but uh, yeah, so it's been that's been that's kind of my home, and so where I consider home. So that's yeah, it's a good spot.
1: So tell us about walking in that uh, first day. Were you nervous as hell, or were you confident? I mean, what what kind of size guy were you then? Were you a big guy, skinny guy?
0: Uh, I was about the same size. I was coming off of baseball, so I was a bit heavier. I was like, I'm like six one. So I was coming off of baseball. is about two thirty-five, kind of thicker. Oh, so um, you're, you're not really you're not really worried about how you look when you play baseball.
1: <laughs> so you're already pretty thick, dude, big guy. So you're walking in there your first day. How's your mental?
0: Great. I mean, I I just got done, you know, playing Division One baseball. So like, I was I was pretty much ready to go. Like, I I, I just watched um, the first day of training just to kind of get a feel for it, and then I was like, yeah, I'm going to do it. And then basically, we were training four nights a week, you know, and uh, nice my, my training stories are perfect. I don't have any horror stories. Like I was treated very well. And it was, it was actually fairly, I mean, it's obviously a grueling process. Wrestling's really, really hard. Um, uh, obviously I'm still training now to this day, but yeah, it was a, it was a really good, uh, starting point for me. Definitely.
1: And you mentioned a trainer, I think, but uh, was there any other like mentors, coaches there that really kind of helped put you forward?
0: Um, no, just pretty much just, I mean, there's a few other trainers like Stephen Kirby, Frankie Fisher, and, uh, and Christopher Hayden kind of were there, um, as the, as the, the trainers. Um, and they, they're still some friends of mine and guides for me now to this day, but mostly Stephen Kirby for sure.
1: And so, uh, you know, you said you're ready, you were confident though, but once you got in there, did you, was there something that was really hard for you? Was it, you know, painful the first couple of days, like everyone kind of says, you know, how did the. How did it all go for you?
0: Um, yeah, I mean, I uh, the the hardest thing I had was arm drags. I couldn't get arm drags for like three years. I I still feel like I don't take them very well. I don't know why. Um, but that was a very difficult thing for me. Um, but uh, yeah, you're. I mean, my neck and lower back hurt consistently when you first start falling down all the time. It's just like very. It's unusual, right? And you're like doing something your body is not used to doing. You like want to brace yourself when you fall. You want to catch yourself. Uh, but now it's like, no, you need to fall very hard on the ground, make it look super painful. And it is already kind of painful. And then basically get up and down and do it again over and over and over again. It's it's a lot.
1: So after that first day of training, when you woke up in your bed the next day, uh, how was the body feeling?
0: Oh my God. I feel like I was, uh, my body was a wreck for like (laughs) a year straight until I finally got used to it and I was wrestling matches consistently and yeah.
1: So you said, uh, it was about nine months until your first match. Is that what you said? Yep. And, uh, how did that go? Your very first match, how were your nerves coming through that curtain? Uh, you know, do you remember much of the match?
0: Yeah, I remember most of it. Uh, all of it actually, it's, uh, it's on YouTube. Um, but, uh, I wrestled this guy named Randy Wayne and it's about five and a half minutes, but, uh, it was great. I mean, obviously the match wasn't phenomenal by any means, but it, wasn't bad either, so I'm pretty proud of that. Um, but I was really excited to be there. You know, you feel like all your hard work finally pays off, um, which is cool.
1: Were the parents there for the first match?
0: They were not. They were out of town, so my sister was there, and she filmed it <laughs> well, and put it great. on YouTube. Yeah, which is which also makes it a lot more special.
1: Do they like seeing you uh, wrestle? Is it kind of tough for your mom, or you know?
0: No, my mom loves it. She gets fired up. <laughs> that's great. Probably in there
1: cheering you on, got to get held back if somebody's, you know, in there hitting with your chair or something.
0: (laughs) Yeah, she was very, she's always been very vocal. She was very vocal at my baseball games. um, And so she's used to just screaming and chanting and yelling. So she, she feels right at home at wrestling events.
1: Oh man, that must be fun for you. I love it. (laughs) Same with dad though. He's into it too.
0: Yeah, he does. He gets into it a little bit.
1: (laughs) That's a lot of fun, man. Uh, It's nice that your family supports your, uh, your love.
0: Yeah, it's it's very it's always it always feels good to be supported on your your dreams and your goals. So nice, nice.
1: So what has been the most rewarding thing about being a professional wrestler?
0: Travel, ah, travel and uh, I don't I don't want to say gaining a following or a fan base, but like it's cool to know that people care about the stuff that I do or say or talk about. But mostly, the travel and the experiences have been pretty incredible as well.
1: Are you someone that gets to those different towns and kind of maybe checks things out a little bit, sees what's going on in the local scene?
0: I try to, I try to at least, I mean, I try to hit a coffee shop in almost every town that I go to. <laughs> um, but, uh, cause you can tell a lot about a scene of a city, you know, by their nice local coffee shop. Um, but there's not a ton of time to travel to see like historical sites and stuff like that, especially in like, for like in the bigger cities. But I try, you know, I try to, uh, Enjoy and smell the roses for sure.
1: <laughs> What's the toughest part about being a pro wrestler?
0: Hmm. I don't know. Um,
1: <laughs> Must all be going damn well then?
0: I mean, I don't know. I just, I, I don't consider it. I just consider it part of the, you know, part of everything that you go through, like to have a little, some tough spots. I and mean, then there's always times where, like, you feel like you deserve this booking or should have been in this position right but that's that's all hindsight now i'm just I'm just looking to get back in the full swing of things and having shows three to four nights a week and you know traveling again so I mean the tra- I mean the training at at start was tough but you know that wasn't that bad either but I don't know yeah I don't I don't know just I like the overall package of being a pro wrestler it's exciting
1: nice so would have been <clears throat> pardon me <clears throat> what's some of your uh couple of the favorite matches you had or your favorite opponents you like to get in there with
0: um, favorite matches. Um, I wrestled Buff Bagwell in in Germany. That was that was kind of <laughs> cool. Um, uh, so that's been a. I wrestled John Morrison at a show in Texas, which was really cool. And then he got he got signed back to. I, don't know, I think he was with Impact at that time, and then he got signed back to WWE. But that was All wrestling right. wrestling him was really cool because I watched him growing up, and the tag team he was in was like one of my favorites.
1: <laughs> Were you in awe uh, a little uh, bit uh, being in there with someone that you used to watch on TV?
0: Yeah, dude, it's, it's cool. And then you realize that he's just like a really cool, sweet dude, and he just wants mm-hmm. to have a good pro wrestling match too. And then you're just like, all right, cool, this is, this is normal.
1: No, he seems like a really um, nice guy. I've met him one time at Defy and talked to him for a minute, you know, and got a picture with him and stuff. But he seemed like a really great, down-to-earth dude.
0: He is, yeah, very much so. Um, and then there's this guy out here in Texas called Chandler Hopkins. His name is Chandler Hopkins. And uh, we've wrestled maybe like three or four times now. And uh, I feel like we're just getting better each time we go out there. So I'm really enjoying those series of matches we've had, and and uh, and and growing and getting better with him. Nice.
1: So what do you think about the the state of um, in independent wrestling from now? I mean, from four years ago until now, it, it seems like it's just as a fan looking at it, it's come like a million miles. But that's me up here in Washington, where four years ago it was really scarce wrestling up here, other than a couple of promotions, but uh, now it's like, you know, we have Defy, we have Without a Cause, we have Prestige, 5CC, that, you know, there's a couple other ones that just come don't come to my head right at the top, but uh, what do you think about the state of wrestling these days compared to when you started?
0: Oh man, the indie scene is, uh, is booming, right? I don't even know 40 years ago how many people were making a full-time living off just being independent professional wrestlers, but you can do it now and you can do it very successfully and you can do it while making uh, a very good amount of money. Um, and so just seeing that transition and seeing how popular the shows are getting and how much buzz on social media, getting things going viral, like, you know, getting some mainstream attention, how many guys off the indie scene are creating such buzz from themselves to like then get the bigger signed contracts. If That's the path you want to take. Um, but yeah, I think it's just, it's it's gotten way bigger. And uh it's really it's really cool to see that it's possible to live out your dreams and make a full-time job and pay your bills and feed your family if you just want to be an independent pro wrestler, which is amazing.
1: Oh man, I, I love it because I grew up uh here in the Pacific Northwest Seattle area. And um we used to have the Portland wrestling, you know, that would come all over Don Owen Productions billy jack rip oliver we had roddy piper in there for a while just tons and tons if you look back at the history of uh portland wrestling and uh they used to come up here to seattle like every other wednesday night my uncle would take me up there you know when i could i was a kid and had to go to school and stuff i got to go more in the summertime but you know after years and years there wasn't really much left up here and then it was only you know the tv wrestling wcw and wwf which i used to be a big wcw fan anyway but there was nothing here right and then one day I discovered, you know, we had some other ones. We had Lucha. There was another one, 3 one Battle, which is not working anymore mm-hmm. now. But um, And then I started finding all these other ones. So to see what's going on here and all over the country again, it's just really at 48 years old, being a fan since I was like six or seven, I'm kind of rejuvenated to watch. I look forward to, you know, doing these podcasts with all the wrestlers like yourself and the talents. You know, I can't wait to see the shows that are going to be coming up. And, uh, man... I love it, and wrestling seems like it's back and for the better.
0: Yes, 100%.
1: So, dude, man, uh, it's probably time to head off here. I'm sure we got uh, some other stuff to do today. But, uh, dude, why don't you tell us about all your social media real quick, how we get a hold of you, follow you, you know, the other things we need to follow you with all your other deals going on here. Why don't you tell us about that?
0: Um, Yeah, I'm most active on, on Twitter and Instagram for sure. So I'm just at Jacksonstone, so at uh, J A X O N S T O N E. Um, and then, uh, for, uh, for the, you are loved stuff, you can go to, uh, you are and, uh, that'll just give you everything you need to know about that and the movement and how you can get involved or if you need more mental health tips, tools, and resources. Um, but, uh, and then I post, uh, at least a video a week on YouTube, um, with my podcast. Um, and then if you're interested in, uh, in subscribing for the uh, Shop for Everybody brand, go to shopforeverybody.com and uh, you'll get uh, some further details about that brand and when it's going to start and all that stuff. So that's kind of where you can follow me at.
1: Right on. You got any uh, current wrestling merch out there that folks can jump on?
0: Oh, yeah. On my website, I have a bunch of merch um, at jacksonstonewrestler.com. So you can go there and get a good merch. I have really old tees on pro wrestling tees if you're interested in, like, Mike's Camera Jackson, really old school merch but i've got a bunch of new stuff on my website
1: and i think you mentioned one thing you any uh matches appearances uh coming up here in then f- near future
0: uh i think i have a show next weekend with swe where it's like a tv taping in in canton texas um but uh other than that i'm not sure uh not sure when my next match will be oh man
1: and before we head off man uh jackson thanks so much for coming on today i know it took us a while to hook it up i really appreciate talking to you You're really enjoyable guy to talk with uh, thanks so much and uh do you have any final thoughts before we uh head off into the old uh, sun today it's gonna be a hot one
0: um not really thanks for having me uh i uh yeah i'm glad we made this work finally and uh yeah i hope you have a good rest of your day
1: i hope so too you too uh yeah i hope to maybe see you again soon uh, here in the area i'll keep my ears out and uh man have a great day jack yeah you too this episode recorded at the Bigfoot headquarters this has been a swagamore production production